0: of the law enforcement family this is your show here we talk about all things leo family life the good the bad the funny and the sad and everything in between today is a great day to start your own podcast whether you're looking for a new marketing channel have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. Following the link in the show's notes, let's Buzzsprout know that I sent you, and you get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and. It helps support our show. So join Buzzsprout today and let's get your podcast launched. All right, guys. Today's episode is all about how our lives have changed since becoming a law enforcement spouse. I'm going to start off talking about my experience and then I'm going to have a guest on a little later, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll give you a little background. You already have some background from the previous shows and the warm up show. But today I'm going to talk a little more specifically about how much of a shell shock police family life was to me. It's probably excessive to say. I wouldn't say it was a shell shock. It was definitely a big change for sure. No question about it. I had no experience in law enforcement life. I have no police officers or first responders in my family. So it was brand new to me. Growing up in a small town, I was in, you know, suburbia, small town USA. And we had, you know, really very little interaction with the police. I mean, as high schoolers, that was probably the most interaction that I can remember member. And our version of, you know, police interactions in a small town basically revolved around being shuttled out of one location to the next. Like where I grew up, we have, um, or had, I should say, there was a McDonald's, a 7-Eleven. And uh, gosh, what was the third place? I can't remember what the third place was. Oh, I know. It was like a donut shop. And what we would do on the weekends is we would go and hang out at one spot, like say at McDonald's, we'd hang out at McDonald's and just wreak havoc there and cause trouble and be obnoxious and do all the things that teenagers do or did back then. I don't know what they do now. They're all too busy on their phones. I think they don't. They don't get together, do they? I don't think they get together anymore. I think they just sit on their phones and text each other, or message each other. I don't know. Play video games together online? I don't know what they do. Clearly, I don't know. But yeah, so we would hang out in one location. Then the police would show up. You know, the establishment owners would would call the cops on us. On us. Right rascally kids and they'd kick us out of there and we just basically move over to the next spot. So we'd cross the street and go over to 7 Eleven and hang out in that parking lot until we were kicked out. That that cycle just repeated throughout the night. Was there drinking involved? Sure there was drinking involved. But they, the cops were like so cool. And they would come over and and you know we wouldn't get in too much trouble. They'd just uh tell us to knock it off and we'd, you know, hide our beers and they I'm sure they knew that the beers were there. But uh, it was a different time. It's just a different time. I'm a small town girl living in a lone Sorry, I had to do it. You know, I had to do it. I probably cut that out though, because it probably sounded terrible. I already know it sounded terrible. It's not going to be a surprise. Yeah. So small town life, man, small town cops. It was, you know, pretty easy stuff that I was aware of. Now, was there a whole other side of what they experienced? Of course there was. I just was clueless about it. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. And I didn't have a reason to know, which is um, nice. I'm not, I'm not unaware of how fortunate uh, I am to have grown up that way. Interactions with police, man. I'm trying to think. That that was that was it in my youth. Uh, there was one time that I got into a car accident, and it was my fault. I was working at a daycare center, and the daycare center was located on a relatively busy road. It's much busier now than it was back then. The town has grown like tremendously since I was a kid. But it was still a busy enough road. There was a blind spot. So if you're an inexperienced driver, which I was, I was uh, you know, I don't know, maybe like 17, 18. 18 at best and if you did not pull up just far enough you had a little bit of a blind spot there was like a tree or a a sign that kind of blocked the oncoming traffic for you know just long enough of a second to create a blind spot I did not pull up far enough I did the you know look back and forth saw nothing and pulled out I was taking a left onto the road and a big red pickup truck came barreling out of what felt like nowhere and smashed into the driveway side of the car and actually just slipped to like the very edge of the actual door, but hit more of that front panel and it then it shattered the uh, driver's side window. It shattered all over me. It was all in my hair and everything. Listen, everything happened so fast. So what I'm telling you now, obviously, is just my best of my recollection of the, the occurrence. So this big old red pickup truck and I, and I looked just in time to see it. I, I just as I pulled out, I turned my head and there it was right in my face and smash. Here's the spookiest part of all. So you probably won't remember who this is because we're going back a long time. We're going back like... I don't know, more than 30 years. I was playing, I had a tape cassette player in the car. It was a Grand Am, if that matters to anyone. I was driving a red Grand Am and I was listening to Geraldo, and the song was Rico Suave. So, uh, yeah, so I had Rico Suave blasting and it kept playing. So here I am, my car all smashed up to bits in the middle of the road because you can't move it. The tire was uh, bent in. The tire was basically, I don't know, broken off the axle. I'm saying words as if I know what they mean, but I think that's what. I mean. But the music, the radio was still playing at full volume, like blasting. So how horrifying is that? You're sitting here with a broken glass all over you and you know, you're know you all banged up and the uh, car is just a wreck and Rico Suave is going Rico Suave. <laughs> so it's not funny at the time. And I did exactly what uh, teenage girls do in a situation like that. I cried, I cried, I cried. So, you know, a whole bunch of people ran out from the daycare center and the guy got out of the truck and he was he was yelling at me he was very very angry which you know i understand i understand like it was adrenaline and fear and actual anger because in his mind there was no reason why i should have pulled out like it was a stupid thing to have done and uh, and he's not wrong he wasn't wrong in that so the police arrived and i still to this day i can still picture his face nicest cop you could ever meet in your life just the sweetest guy he was was so kind you know he's got this hysterically crying teenage girl to deal with and he's got this angry red face yelling man and of course this you know accident scene in middle of a busy road which you know obviously is probably nothing new to him he comes over to ask me what happened and the guy from the red pickup trucks comes stomping over and you know starts giving his side of the story and I'll never forget how just just how he handled the whole thing he took the man by the arm not roughly by any means but just kind of took him by the arm and he said sir you're gonna wait over here while I talk to her and when it's your turn you'll know and then he came back over me and asked me what happened. And he, like I said, I, I can't say enough. He was so kind and he was so sweet. And that was my very first real serious impression of a police officer. So obviously no negative connotation for me years later. So here's a little side note years later. And I'm, and I'm talking like 20 years later, 25 years later, probably I saw him and he looked exactly the same older, obviously, but you know, I looked older too. And not that I expected him to remember me, by any means. So I debated for like a a full minute, like, do I say something to him? Like, you know, do people, doesn't everybody want to know if you left a positive impact on their life? And that was the tipping point for me that I was like, yeah, I would, I would want to know if, you know, if I did something meaningful or kind to someone and it meant something to them so much so that they remembered it 20 years later, I would want to know. I think that would be really cool to hear. So I kind of tapped him on the arm and I said, hi, you know, I know this is going to seem really, really weird, but I just want to give you a very belated thank you because 20 something years ago, 25 years ago, whatever it was at the time, you responded to an accident that I was involved in as a teenager and I never got to thank you or how kind you were to me. And just you, you, he talked to me like a dad. He treated me like I was his daughter. You know, that's, that's how, how it was. And I said, I never got to thank you. And here you are all these years later. So I'm taking this moment to just say, thank you. He was so lovely. Once again, no surprise. He was so lovely. I'm actually getting a little teary (laughs) because he was such a nice guy. So I love, I love sharing that story because it's a good experience that was my experience with law enforcement all the way up until was there anything else gosh i can't even think of anything else in the meantime i did pull myself over once that's that's a story you want to hear that story i'll tell you that story but before i do that let's take a real quick break right here So just about everyone who's part of the law enforcement family probably knows about law enforcement today, the largest police owned and operated media company. But did you know that they have what is being called the Netflix of the law enforcement world? Well, I'm here to tell you about it. It's called LET Unity. On it, you'll find shows, podcasts, and so much more all relating to first responders. Membership comes with lots of perks, and it just so happens that I have a discount code for you. If you go to my notes, find the link that says L-E-T Unity, join, and use my code Family at checkout. You'll save 10% off your membership. So join L-E-T Unity today, and uh, you might be seeing me on there pretty soon too. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. It was before I met my husband. I was driving down a residential street with one of those stop signs in those red residential areas that people love to blow through because there's hardly ever traffic there. And you're kind of like, ah, you take the quick glance and you roll through the stop sign. Well, that's what I did. I rolled through the stop sign. And as I rolled through the stop sign, I looked to my right to the, you know, onto the street to my right and saw that there was a police car sitting there. And I knew right away, there was no question in my mind, That was why he was there because, you know, the, the neighbor, the neighbors had, you know, complained and said, we want somebody to come deal with this. People are just rolling through the stop sign. And I knew that was why he was there. So I rolled through the stop sign, looked to my right, saw him there, drove maybe another, I don't know, 20 feet, maybe, I guess, who knows. And I, I pulled over. I, I pulled myself over. I did. And I waited for him to you know, come out. And he did, you know, put the lights on, no siren, just put the lights on and came out and pulled up behind me and walked over. And I rolled down my window and said, hi, officer. (laughs) And he said, well, you're officially the first person I've ever had pull themselves over. And, uh, you know, of course I laughed and he, I wouldn't say he laughed, but he sort of smiled and he said, you know, the usual license and registration. And I was a, uh, you know, dippy, dipshit blonde. I was the stereotype. But legitimately, I had never been pulled over before. It was the first time I ever got pulled over. So I never had to pull out my registration. I did not even know what it looked like. And I know, I know there are people listening to this rolling their eyes like, Jesus freaking Christ, she fucking idiot, you. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I was young. I didn't know. That's that. So I had to ask him what my registration looked like. And he did exactly what you'd expect him to do. He kind of did a face palm, you know, put his, put his hand to his head. like Jesus Christ, really? So he pointed it out to me. And you know, I pulled out like the stack of papers from my glove box and kind of rifled through him. And he's like pointing to, he's like, that's probably it right there. So I took that out, gave him that, gave him the license. He goes back to his cruiser, comes back a couple of minutes later and he hands me a piece of paper. And as he hands me this piece of paper, he says to me, for all of the eyes watching from their windows right now, I am giving you a ticket. Between you and I, I am giving you a verbal warning to not roll through the stop signs. The neighbors don't like it. (laughs) And so I started smiling, like very happy. I was happy that I wasn't getting a ticket. And he said, stop smiling, they're watching. (laughs) (laughs) And so I stopped smiling, of course, and uh, thanked him profusely and promised to not roll through that stop sign anymore or any stop sign. Did I keep the promise? Uh, I kept the promise for that stop sign. Okay, how about that? However, I will say and I and I know this is a misconception that uh, police wives think that they can drive like absolute assholes and get away with it because they're cop wives and they just, you know pull the, my husband's a cop card. And uh, I'm sure pl- I'm, I guarantee there are plenty of people who do that. Um, and people who are not police spouses do that. I know, I know of plenty of people who are like, yeah, my friend uh, is a cop. Do you know him? And they like mispronounce the name and stupid shit like that. But I have not pulled that. I have gotten pulled over a couple of times, Once for speeding in my my little Mini Cooper when I had my Mini Cooper. Loved that little thing. My husband called it a, a lawnmower. But yeah, so let's see. I got pulled over once for speeding. And that was in the Mini Cooper. And he actually did know who my husband was because they had worked together at one point. So I did get a warning. I did not get a ticket. Got a warning. If you want to call that, um, you know, police wife privilege, I don't know. I think there's many, many times where they give a warning and don't give a ticket, whether you're related to a police officer or not. Think what you will on that one. But uh, he did immediately. Like before I could even get halfway down the street, he already called my husband and tattletailed on me. A jerk. (laughs) No, he's not a jerk. I'm just kidding. Not a jerk. Yeah. So I mean, Jesus, those are my experiences. Big whoop-dee-doo. I can't think of anything else. Those are are like my most memorable experiences with law enforcement prior to meeting my husband. Can one say that I was maybe naive Mm -hmm. as to the ways of the world, I should say. I would say I would say I was probably sheltered. Sheltered is a good word. I was definitely sheltered. I was definitely more of a trusting person generally speaking. I don't I don't really think I was naive because I was a little bit world-weary. I was a little bit cynical already at that point. I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say naive. I would say sheltered is a fair word. Meeting my husband, my law enforcement husband, who was on the job well before I ever knew him. So this was already, you know, a long time thing for him. And he was older, I was older. We've, we've kind of gone through that a little bit and the previous episode where i had you meet the husband that was uh, the two previous episodes we got to get my husband on the show and talk to him and that was really really fun it was it was more fun for me not quite so much fun for him because uh, you know it was, it's not in his lane that's not his thing so he was a little he was a little nervous he was a little stiff by his by his opinion I thought he did perfectly fine. He would say that he was a little on the stiff side and promised to do better for next time. So that was the that was the catch that that was the cool part because he said there's going to be a next time. So I'm really excited to have him back on in the future and we'll have some uh, we'll have some good talks that I think will be really really interesting and beneficial to everyone. But as far as this one, as far as this show, how law enforcement officer wife life has changed me. I would say it definitely has changed me in many ways. I think I personally think that they're all in good ways. I think there are people in my life or who were once upon a time in my life would disagree, would probably say that it did not change me in good ways. Uh, and that would be simply because it changed me in ways that brought me away from them, And that's very, very common. That is a common thing. When you get involved in this lifestyle, there is a likelihood that people that you know, used to know, non-law enforcement life people, that they may fall to the wayside. And that could be by their choice or by your choice, or a mutual agreement that this doesn't work, this relationship doesn't work anymore because of this new element that you've brought to the table. There, there are people that I do not communicate with anymore, more so in the acquaintance lane. I find that I have shut people out of, our, out of my, my life and our lives with very little hesitancy, And it's very simple. You know, I I always say that I say it the easiest way that I can think of saying it, which is we can disagree on many, many, many topics and we can be completely fine. We can remain friends. We can be cool with each other. Um, For me, I don't care what even politics. I know that's the biggest hot topic these days. Religion. I don't know, whatever personal viewpoints on. I have no idea on what, but all that stuff I'm fine with. All you have to do is just be cool, just be just be a good person. And I respect your beliefs and your opinions, even when they're different from mine. And that's totally fine. You know what, we're going to take a another quick break right here and get right back to that in just a moment. All right, guys, I have a great idea for you. Save yourself that trip to the market. Let Instacart deliver your groceries to you in as fast as one hour. They connect you with a personal shopper in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. I've been doing this well over a year now, and I love it. I love it, and I know people are worried about what kind of produce they're going to get picked out for them or what kind of meats they're going to get. First-hand experience, you're only getting the best. Here's a really great deal. You're going to get free delivery on your very first order order over $35. So it's worth at least trying it out. So do me a favor, follow the link in my show's notes. That'll let Instacart know that I sent you and you'll help support our show. All right, we are back with Blue Family Unity. However, that same mentality does not work for law enforcement life. And I think this is the biggest lesson and the hardest one for those that are new to this lifestyle to to deal with because it is very difficult because let's face it a lot of times we're talking about family members and close friends maybe somebody you've known your whole life who has always been cool with you and you've always been cool with them but now all of a sudden knowing that you are married to or in a relationship to a law enforcement officer a cop a police officer you see a different side to them and it can be very shocking and there's so many different different scenarios. Um, one of the most common ones that I see is that people will be super cool with you in person, like to your face, be really, really cool. And then you'll see a, a social media post from them, you know, about cops and it's, you know, negative and it's, you know, very negative, very hostile, very negative. And it is very hurtful. It's very upsetting. It's very disturbing. It's one of the hardest things to, I think, deal with or those that are new to this because it's so shocking and and so foreign to anything you've ever experienced this is something that you know as a law enforcement spouse or partner that you you unfortunately do have to get used to my answer which may not be your answer and that's perfectly fine you have to you have to go the route that makes the most sense to you for me i cannot be around people who don't back the blue and there's just no there's no middle ground on that one and for me, for us, for our family. That is because this isn't a job. This is a lifestyle. And I do know that there are police officers out there and law enforcement spouses out there that will say exactly the opposite, that it is just a job and you leave it there when you walk away. And if they can do that, that is, you know, uh, good on them. Great. That's not the norm. The norm is that law enforcement family life, law enforcement life is family life. Once you're part of that, you are part of something that is much bigger than yourself you are deeply affected by all of the things that go on across the country and you do take it personally because it is personal it's not impersonal anymore and i know the famous favorite saying that people love to say to us is you know they'll they'll bash the police or they'll complain about the police and then they'll turn to you as the spouse or partner and say oh but not your husband he's great we love him and no i'm sorry that doesn't work for me That doesn't work for me. If that is your, you know, if you're going to generalize, let me just give you a little, couple little facts here. There are over eight hundred thousand law enforcement officers in the United States. So for somebody to generalize and say that all cops are bad except for your husband (laughs) is, you know, throat punchable. To be honest with you, I, I think that's, I think that's just one of the most ridiculous ignorant things that somebody can say it is sheer and i'm sorry it is not actually i'm not sorry who are we kidding i'm not sorry if you say something like that you are showing a severe lack of intelligence and you should be embarrassed because you are because generalizing about anyone any group is absurd and just wrong it's plain wrong and the same people that are saying you know all cops are bad blah 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 are also the people that don't want to be stereotyped so you know hypocrisy much. So to bring it back around town here to how LEOW life has changed me, our law enforcement family life has changed me. I have become stronger, more educated, a little more snarky. I've always been a little bit snarky, but I'm definitely more snarky now. But yeah, and and I think those are good things. I think having awareness and confidence and um, security and the best way to do that, to be honest with you, if you're part of the law enforcement family and you are struggling right now with adapting to this lifestyle, here's what I would say to you. And my advice is very simple. Embrace it. Just embrace it. Get into that mentality of if you can't beat them, join them. (laughs) And I I really honestly believe that if you just allow yourself to embrace it. And yes, it, it is scary. And it's okay to be scared and uncertain. It's okay to feel all of those things. We all feel that at different times. My God, we feel it every time we send our husbands or wives or partners to work, to go do their job. That fear doesn't go away. And you embrace that too. You know, there's a great quote I heard one time. I actually heard it at a funeral. The quote is actually, grief is the price we pay for great love. And I like to adapt that quote a little bit To saying that fear is the price we pay for great love in this lifestyle. And that is okay because it is worth it and they are worth it. And if you don't feel that your person is worth that, then you shouldn't be part of this. You shouldn't be in this lifestyle. If you don't feel that strongly about your person, and I guess that goes for any relationship, really. It doesn't have to be just law enforcement, family, any relationship. If you don't, if you don't have their six, if you're not their ride or die, and if they're not your Ride or die, then you're not in the right place. And that takes some serious evaluating. Now, am I saying get divorced or break up? Not necessarily. I, I'm saying do a deep dive here and, and really see if you can be those people for each other. Because in this particular lifestyle, as in, I mean, in all, but in this one in particular, it is imperative that they know you are all in and, um, and you should expect the same. You should expect the same. This isn't a one way street as a two way street. This is a partnership. You are a team. And if you adopt that us against the world mentality I think you will probably see the finish line and you know the finish line is a little morbid but till death to us part basically is what I'm saying to you so some of the funny stuff that was kind of heavy right that was some heavy stuff so let's let's change gears a little bit and talk about the funny stuff the thing that the things that have changed about I, maybe not so much about me just simply about my life in general, <laughs> being part of this is um, once upon a time prior to law enforcement life, I did not have handcuffs and guns and bullets and all of the other accompaniments um, strewn about the house. So that was new. And I have, you know, we joke, the joke is always bullets in the washing machine. And um, yes, I have found bullets in the washing machine. And also those little, um, the little pencils. I, my husband I don't know about your, everybody else's partners, spouses. He always had like little pencils. That would go with his short notepads, you know, so that they would, because they would fit in the pockets easily. So I'd find those in there, all kinds of crazy stuff. We find crazy things in our washing machines. <laughs> there are times where we have to move duty belts off of a dining room table or a couch when company arrives. <laughs> it is not unusual to have a gun on the dining room table. It is not weird for us. It's very normal. What else? Oh boy. I mean, isn't that enough? All of that kooky stuff. Uh, You never sit facing a door in a restaurant. Anytime you go to a restaurant, once you are in a law enforcement marriage or relationship, you no longer are allowed to sit in the seat that faces the door. You will always be facing away from the majority of the crowd. It's very rare that they will allow not facing the door because they need to see everything. Uh, They need to, their eyes are open scanning. They're always on the lookout for stuff. Gosh, what else? There's, There are a lot of things that are pretty funny about this lifestyle. You know what? Here's what I'm thinking. There, there are so many relatable things that we can talk about as far as being in a law enforcement family. I think this is an excellent time to get my guest on here with us. And we're going to talk together and we're going to compare notes and uh, see how many of these things that we can check off on this list that we have experienced. And so hang on, we're going to bring our guest on in just a moment. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it, follow the show on your favorite listening app and be sure to tell a friend. All right, we are back with Blue Family Unity. We're talking about how law enforcement, family life changes. Us. Tell everybody your name and a uh, little
1: bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Sherry Lynn. I am a police wife here in Indiana. My husband works for a very small town um, on the northeast side. So we um, we only have about five paid officers, but we we find things. It's good. It's good times for him. He's very happy there. We've been married, well, we've been married for 12 years. Um, He was correctional officer um, for the first part of our marriage, and then he's been a police officer now for about seven years. He was actually a correctional officer for about 13 years total. Um, Yeah, he started not terribly long after high school. It was a job that wasn't ever going to go away, so he He's like, there's never not going to be criminals, I guess, in a way. So he's like, job security, I'm good here. But he's wanted to be a police officer since he was in grade school. In fact, his mom kept a elementary school where every year you fill it out. And one of the questions is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And since first grade, it said police officer. Second grade was police officer. I think fourth grade, he said fireman. But then he changed back to police officer. <laughs> That's awesome. What, that's so cool yeah
0: uh, my husband pretty much the same way what has been the biggest challenge as a as a wife of a plea officer? there's a ton now
1: <laughs> <laughs> all, all external not even not even internal challenges but external challenges uh, okay um honestly I think uh, unfortunately, to get serious now, um, th- I think the biggest challenge has just been having to live our life in the situation where he might not come home today. Life is planned and executed with the idea that I have to be able to take care of the family by myself. So that that um, that has it was it was harder at first, obviously, because we didn't really know what that meant at the time. Thankfully, I'm. to toot my own horn, but to toot my own horn, I'm a very strong woman. I'm a very strong independent person. And so knowing that I would have to carry the family if he never came home was something that I knew I could do, didn't want to do, don't want to do. But, you know, we just have to keep in mind if we do vacations, can I do them alone? If we move, can I do it alone? Our bills, can I do it alone? Just all that kind of stuff. It really it puts a cloud over a lot of stuff. And that was very hard for me to, to wrap my brain around for a very long time, but now it's just normal.
0: Yeah, it's always yep. there. It's in the background, but it's yep. always there. And that's yeah. always
1: a constant,
0: a constant reality. Now, uh, I happen to know that you are actually very active in law enforcement community and you have something really cool called Spouse Survival Kits. Can you talk
1: a little bit about that? Yeah, so our spouse... Survival Kids really uh, was born out of just a necessity. Uh, There's really nothing given to law enforcement spouses when their spouse becomes an officer. We're very much left to our own devices, hoping that there's a, a police wife or a police spouse group within the department, which there's very, very often not one. And if there is one, it's usually cliquish. And so it's very hard to kind of get in there. And so my group Blue Bond here in Indiana, we're, we're small, but we're mighty. We got together and we created some essential things that we wanted to put in this kit just to give them a leg up, a nice foundation uh, for any spouse, husband, wife, um, doesn't matter. And really, it probably could go towards any loved one, but that's um, where we started. And it's going to have, as you know, some books um, in the kit. One of them is your book, Nice Plug, Uh, Welcome (laughs) to the Family. And um, we also have a couple of other authors that are coming into the project, And so those are going to be very helpful uh, guides for them just to kind of give them an idea. We also have a, it's called an end of watch packet that is going to be included. Uh, This is something that no other profession has to consider. The end of watch packet is, it basically goes from, um, it starts with who's getting notified if something happens, emergency contacts, um, how you want the funeral to go if you need one. But then it also includes banking information, life insurance information, where to find everything, um, all of the passwords, logins, all of that, that way. The wife isn't left to try to figure it all out by herself or himself. And um, then we also have information from national programs that we're partnering with. So I also belong to a group called the National Police Wives Association. They are, we actually just got back from our summit yesterday. Oh my goodness, if we had more time, girl. Oh crazy. man. And it will have information on Project Hurt, which is a peer-to-peer support group. It's by by cops, for cops. So it will, and my husband was with me and he was very skeptical at first. And now he is, he talked to Charles, who is the founder and they are, it's good. It is a good program. We also partnered with Blue Help. Blue Help is a program that deals with officer suicide. They, they help support, they help support the officer, the family, um, give resources to um, try to stop that aspect of this, of this horrible part of our job. So that information is also in there. We've teamed up with TAC Mobility, which is a newer group out of Arizona, and they have designed exercises and stretching specifically for law enforcement and other first responders. They also have other mental health tools that you can learn from them, and so they've come on to partner with us. And then there's just other resources in our state um, that can be helpful. And I you know, at the, at the the summit, I was getting, oh, I want to be, come, let me, and let me come to this, let me, and I'm like, okay, I'll get you the information, so who knows what this is going to turn into, because it's That's it started awesome. a little small, and now I have a feeling it may be a bigger, a bigger thing, so I'm really uh, excited, yeah. We, we thank you. About all of you for doing that because it is so needed uh,
0: now more than ever. These resources for families and a huge reason why I even wrote the book. What what amazing thing you all are doing out there! I'm, I'm so glad we get to share this because there's so many people who don't know in within our community that oh, yeah. don't know about all of the I'm resources sure. that are there for them. So what is the best advice you could give to a new law enforcement spouse?
1: Ooh, Ooh there's not really one piece. So much so much you want to tell them, right? <laughs> it, there there is because there's so many different. Aspects to this to this life that you really you don't you you don't know until you're in it. You can try and explain it but until you're, until you're in it, I would say you really, really need to find your, your grace. You need to, you need to find your grace with everything because you as the spouse are in a position, unfortunately, you are going to have to give, you're going to have to be the bender. And it's not something that a lot of us are used to because when we, a lot of the spouses out there that we are very strong spouses, we kind of have to be. So I think giving yourself, giving yourself the grace, giving your your spouse the grace, giving your life a grace. You just you are going to have to recognize that that it's not going to go the way you thought it was going to go. But I think on the flip side, you, you also need to give yourself your strength because there are going to be moments where you're going to have to be the stronger one. You're going to have to be the one to put your foot down. You're going to have to be the one that says you're not okay. You're going to have to be the one that says I'm not okay. And that's a little harder for us because once we get into the life and we see what it's, what it's all about and we get just the little tidbits and the little tastes from our spouses, we don't, we don't want to give them our grief on top of what they're already going through. And we don't want to give them our problems on top of what our, what they already have to deal with. Yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act. It is. It really is. But you have to remember, you are the spouse, and regardless, you come first in the in your life. The job, it may dictate where you go, but it does not dictate who's who comes first. Yeah. you have it's to a, remember that. Equal
0: partnership. Yep.
1: And yeah.
0: You've been more so than you. You do. But you do. You do. We,
1: and it's we, we had to leave the conference early because Matt had to work today. But we also got. 4 days you know he switches he he was allowed to switch his shift so we could at least get 4 days so there's yeah. it is what it is <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah
0: you uh you prioritize differently yep better I think, uh, in this life, you, and you stay mad for, I think, a much shorter period of time. You let go of things pretty quickly.
1: Oh, yeah. You
0: get, you get, not to say that we don't get mad
1: because <laughs> we get ripped
0: <laughs> We got tempers on us. Oh, yeah. But we also can kind of reassess pretty quickly and reprioritize yep. or remember mm-hmm. you know, the real priorities of things and realize yep. that things are a lot smaller than, you know, what we're making them out. Right. A hell of a yep. skill, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he left today. I don't know if I'm gonna get him back. Right. I don't know. And I sit yeah. here. I sit here and I realize that even during this conversation, he may he may get a call and it may be the one. And that's always there. It's always there. And as a spouse, you can't let yourself live in that because if you get stuck in that, you're not mm-hmm. gonna make it. Just accept it. Just accept that this is the reality and continue to live. In a
0: work way, it's really a blessing to have that knowledge
1: it is you don't let the, the you little value things value. really get to you yeah right yeah
0: <laughs> you, you value everything that you have and you know all the moments that you get you know in that weird way it becomes kind of a blessing even though it's, it's scary as hell uh, <laughs> yeah fantastic advice so on the money so on, on point <laughs> All right. So we're going to do a couple funny ones here. You're okay. Ready? Now these are the ones we always hear. We all laugh about together. We all get a chuckle. So we're going to play a little bit of Have You Ever. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not a scary one. Not a there So before we do that, let's take one more quick break. All right, guys, I have a great idea for you. Save yourself that trip to the market. Let Instacart deliver your groceries to you in as fast as one hour. They connect you with a personal shopper in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. I've been doing this well over a year now and I love it. I love it. And I know people are worried about what kind of produce they're going to get picked out for them or what kind of meats they're going to get. First-hand experience. You're only getting the best. Here's a really great deal. You're going to get free delivery on your very first order over $35. So it's worth at least trying it out. So do me a favor, follow the link in my show's notes. That'll let Instacart know that I sent you and you'll help support our show. All right, we are back with Blue Family Unity. First one is always, have you ever found bullets in the washing machine? Yes. (laughs) Any other strange places have you found them? Have they been any weird spots? I find them in drawers. I find
1: them in drawers, in my car, in his car, Um, (laughs) toolboxes. I have found (laughs) toolboxes. Um, he'll use, like, he'll use my, um, uh, roller, my roller, um, my roller luggage. So like, I'll find them in the pockets when I try to go on vacation somewhere. I have to make sure I can check everything because Lord knows you go through TSA with a bullet. You are in trouble. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. there's a little bit of a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Have you ever had to leave a restaurant
0: or business because your husband arrested someone there? Oh,
1: Not because he arrested somebody, but we have been in a restaurant where we've had, we, we ordered the food and it, and he got a call and we had to leave. So they packed it up before we even got our plate, but so not, we haven't arrested anybody there. Although we were at a steak and shake once and he, what I, he went into what I call cop mode. Oh yeah. If you're a police spouse, you understand that. term. And I'm like, I look at him, I'm like, what's going on? And He's like that, that dude that just walked in, did a drug deal with the cook in the back. I think we need to leave. (laughs) 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 And this is what we do.
0: We laugh about it. And right. Like we laugh about it and move on. Like other people, what are you going to do? Right. (laughs) Like if anybody outside of our, our little world listened to these conversations, they'd probably be like. And
1: you're laughing about that? Yeah, we are. What else are you going to (laughs) do? I mean, maybe if I was a first-year police wife, I probably don't know if I laughed then. But it's funny now because you're like, how did you see that? Like, what is it in your radar that just picks that up? Right. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm I'm pretty oblivious when he points things out. I'm like, oh, my God, really?
0: Wow. (laughs) Still, after all this time, still oblivious. Oh, Lord. It's pretty bad. (laughs) All right, so you ready? Have you you ever been asked if he could help someone get out of a ticket? All the time.
1: All the time. All the time. (laughs) It hasn't happened in years.
0: It hasn't happened in years for us because my husband started telling people, and which I adopted and started telling people, Yeah, it's all, it's all uh, electronic now. So we really have no control once it, you know, which is not, not, you oh, this one I hear from a lot of young wives. Uh, Have you ever been asked if you really have a husband, like if you're out at a gathering because, you know,
1: he's always, they're always working. They're always at work. They work crazy shifts. So people are like, are you sure you really have a husband? I actually really haven't been asked that, uh, mostly because uh, he became a police officer later in our relationship, like uh, full time. So that was that was easier to bypass because yeah. they all knew he was real before he became a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's accusing you of having a fake husband. That's is true. <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. I got one more. Another funny one I always think is people ask me this all the time. Has anyone ever asked you if your husband knows what the police were doing yes. two towns away at 3 a.m. in the morning? do they ask you, like, did your husband know what happened?
1: I do that to my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are like, hey, did you hear about this thing in Noblesville? He's like, why would I have heard of this thing? <laughs> like, yeah, but, I have to admit, I'm pretty sure I've done it, too. I, I can confirm each other like come on you're supposed you're supposed to know these things but yes we the thing about my husband though is in our we we live in a county it's a, that are everybody kind of supports each other so I do find it funny that if I say something he'll be like oh yeah that was all the way up there and blah 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 I mean it's our our county he kind of can do it with but right. everybody knows him and he doesn't like that everybody knows him and yeah, I keep awesome. trying to tell him it's because I mean he I mean he's just a, he's a good officer he really is and so he doesn't like to toot his own horn I'll toot it for him for that's sure right. That's why they got um, us. We'll do it all day long. All again. day long, no problem. And so so <laughs> they 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 like to um, talk to him, but That's yeah. True. Otherwise, if it happened in other cities, I'll be like, hey, did you hear about the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't think there's ever been. Oh, and you know what? There's one more that I I didn't add on there that I just thought of right now. When you go into like new places or new groups of people where you maybe only know like the host. Do they, do they always introduce him as "This is so and so"? He's a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're, we're always like, sh- yeah. "You don't have to say anything. You don't need to let everybody know. It's okay. We're we're good." Because we, you guys, are probably like us. If nobody asks, we'll never even mention it. Like you'll never know unless you outright ask a direct question. Like, and yeah. even that, people have asked my husband. You know, we'll be somewhere and they'll say, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" And, and he will say, uh, "I work for the town."
1: And it's, you know, yeah, depends on where we are and what we're doing. Like we went, we went camping with a, with a huge group of friends recently. And I was like, I just warned him. I'm like, guys, just, just so you know, for this weekend, like he's an electrician. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're not, we're not going to mention the real job that he has. He's the electrician. That's all he does. Just leave it at that. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so glad
0: you agreed to do this and chit chat with me on here. This was yeah. really fun. We know each other.
1: Where was our first connection? Was it through TikTok? Was that TikTok? our first? Yeah, yeah, it was so TikTok. Funny. And then I read your book. That's, and, okay, yeah, yeah, and and um and then it was it was funny because I private messaged you because you killed off one of your people. Oh, yeah, and I, <laughs> I was like, was you book. did what? <laughs> I got a lot of trouble for killing off a character what? in a book. Yeah, I get and yelled then at. for that. All of a sudden, away. all of a sudden. So then you have a live, you're in a live, yeah. and you're like, I was taught, I would, I, you know, sometimes you get these fans and they're like, I can't believe you. D-. And I was like, girl, that was me. And you were like, that was you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that that was that's me. So yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was because we have like
0: different usernames. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. On the old TikTok-y there. And uh, yeah, that's been a, a great, fun little world. You missed a, you missed a crazy life the other day. I'll tell you about it after this is done. after. <laughs> yes. Becky. <laughs> but uh, so, listen. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you uh, I hope to God this whole recording thing worked on here. We'll
1: if out not, just let me know. I I will be glad to repeat. And and everyone, uh, you are the best. You were my after my husband, of course. You were my best first real guest (laughs) (laughs) so
0: thank you so much and uh we'll chat i'll i'll message after this awesome but i gotta go hop on a plane all right (laughs) have a fun flight thank you so much you enjoy the beautiful weather that you're having i think we've got some thunderstorms coming coming through our way so all
1: right all right this was fun thank you so so much you're welcome
0: Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next time on Blue Family Unity with Elsa Kurt. And remember, united we thrive. The Blue Family Unity Show was created, written, and produced by Elsa Kurt. Music written and produced by Dan Tracy. If you would like to be a guest on the Blue Family Unity Show, contact bluefamilyunity at gmail.com.